Welcome back to the Adam and Dr. Drew Show Classics. I'm your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. My government name. Once again, we have a great show for you. First up, episode 231, titled Tiger Woods Envy, which aired on April 18, 2015. The fellas talk about celebrities and infidelity <laughs> from the days of Sinatra to Tiger Woods. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Things have definitely changed. Listen to their take on this. Listen, <laughs> when you watch that uh, Sinatra doc and he's like, well, Sinatra was fucking uh, Ginny Lynn over here, but all, so was JFK. And uh, she was, uh, well, actually, she was Sinatra's ex-girl. And now he's fucking her, but Sam Giacano's fucking her, too. And he's a mob boss. So, you know, uh, the Kennedys, you know, now Robert Kennedy was not, you know, happy because he's trying to bust Giancano. He he had to tell you, hey, you got to stop fucking the the mob guys got a guma. He's married, too, I'm sure. Wow. Sam Giancano, is a, he's a married guy. Uh-huh. I'm sure he's a married guy. But anyway, his guma, you know, the chick he's fucking, <laughs> the mob guy. Well, the president of the United States is fucking the same chick. So uh, his brother, who's attorney general, is like, uh, hey, bro, uh, I'm trying to fuck the guy with the uh, Wayfarers. Over, uh, the guy over there, I'm trying to indict this guy yeah. on racketeering charges. And you fucking his girlfriend is kind of, it's mudding the up, water dude. just a little bit. <laughs> Your name keeps coming up. So maybe why don't you just pull out. Ugh. And and stop stop banging the mob boss. So weird. This is oh, this is why whenever they do the Camelot thing, I'm like, yeah, yeah he was bringing interns into the pool and telling them to blow. And guys by the way, work for being, work for him. Injected with amphetamines and opiates. I don't, don't care about that part. I don't know how that guy. I'm just telling you. So now I agree with you, Drew, in terms of. The technology, not so much the technology, you know, uh, Yeah, you brought up now there's a camera in the parking lot. We can yeah. see surveillance film. Yeah. We may or may I, not I, check it. I think it, the but... argument is what is – the argument really re- can revolve around what's your price. In other words, at, at, what, t- at what threshold is somebody going to take that risk? Like a million dollars becomes Linda. What I mean? Well, can I Kate say Upton. this? Kate Upton and a million dollars. Uh, yes, go to the same. I, I, I. You know what I'm saying? I, no, I agree. And you know, here's the here's the deal. Um, back in the day, Sinatra just banged around. And then he went home. You worry about it. And uh, there were no consequences. Sometimes a newspaper would write something, whatever. Who the fuck cares? I'm balls deep in a starlight, you know. And then he'd just go home, and uh, his wife had to sort of deal. work around it. Yeah, had they, to deal with it. Uh, now a days. By the way, they would even they would sort of defend it. So he's a special man. If you want to be with a special man, you've got to be willing to put up with this kind of thing. Like, what? yeah, God bless sex. him. Especially um, the fucking narcissistic sex addict. Well, it is. Oh, no, I've always said uh, we we fucked. Uh, and by the way, Gary, you got to figure out California law because my. My theory is that whenever this you're going to get half of the empire thing came around, guys started straightening putting up. their dicks back in their pants because <laughs> because I, I really think I think Sinatra's <sighs> thing would be like, you know, oh, you want a divorce? Have Hi. fun living in an apartment back in Hoboken. Yeah. 
Well, not it's not that anymore. It's you have to move out of the ranch that yeah. you purchased in Toluca Lake, and you can go live in an apartment yeah. over there. And there's something changed along the way. Cause, well, it's probably good. Uh, it is. that From that standpoint, anyway. It's good from that standpoint. I don't think it's good from the wifey standpoint in terms of on the ball. And, and okay. And that's interesting, but you always complain about that. Oh, no, no, we no. Know what that topic I, I, I is. think no. I think what we did. I understand. Is we said to the wives of the privileged, "Look, here's your golden parachute. If any you, if you ever feel like this is not going the way you'd like to go, you can you can remain here, and the guy's just going to leave." And you'll take half of whatever right. whatever it is he's killed himself to earn over the last fifteen years or whatever but this, whatever but, it is. But I mind you, the same thing goes the other way. If the women's the my primary breadwinner, yeah, I love it. it when just it, does. I love it when it, just it comes. Does. I know, I know, I love it. That's my favorite story. But because yeah. I love it, how fucking outrage, how angry the chicks get. Because yeah. like, yeah, you feeling yeah. us? You feeling us, <laughs> yeah. sister? I like that. <laughs> but here's the deal: there is no group on the planet. It does not work. You know, look at the American Indians. Hey, here's a nice chunk of land. Don't worry. You don't have to work. Great. Give me the fire water. I'll see if I can get diabetes. <laughs> Honestly, what yeah. we did to the people on the island of Bikini, we moved them all off the fucking Bikini Island because we wanted to blow it up. Yeah. We wanted to do a little testing on an A-bomb. So we're like, hey, Islanders, good good news. Bad news, you got to leave. You know, you're not going to live live off of fishing anymore. Good news, we'll take care. Good of news is we'll put you on another island. I'm going to just give you a bunch of booze and a stipend. You can hang out there. <laughs> Next thing you know, the guys are fat shooting pool all day. Yeah. You can't say to any group, men, women, I don't care how whatever your nationality, how hard working you are, whatever. Here's the underlying current of of this relationship. If you ever find yourself not liking it, you get the house, you get the kids, you get the money. You get everything, and not expect it to affect them. Everything affects everything. I mean, right? We we need to be more diligent about that because a law of unintended effects. We're talking about, but hang this deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tiger, I would argue, Mm -hmm. not so happy having fucked his family up and all that. I I I would say he'd be a much happier guy. I mean, how 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 much? You've seen his wife. I mean, what? Where's he going? What's what's the deal? Uh, Listen, there's nothing better than different. I understand that, but at a certain age, it becomes like eh, no, eh. no. At a certain age, yeah. At a certain age, I agree. Un- unfortunately, when Tiger was doing this, he was thirty-two. <laughs> that that ain't the age yet. Yeah. Uh, Fifty-two is more the age. Yeah. Look, he married a very, very beautiful blonde, yeah. exquisitely beautiful. But as I, I think historically, <laughs> we've uh, you know Jackie O. Was uh, no five either. Right. It's I got the power. I'm in another city and I do what I want. And yeah. by the way, part of, you know, let's face it, people, you know, guys do the uh, part of becoming uh, the youngest person ever win the Masters or the president of the United States. It's not all about driving a Ferrari. Well, it's why you drive the Ferrari. <laughs> so about driving some fresh pussy. Yeah. Why? Or let's do line five. Because that's great for a while. All right, Greg. Yeah. Sorry. What's going on? What's going that's on? Right. What's up? You there? Yeah. What's up? Oh, who's this? Adam. 
Yes. Who'd you call, Greg? Adam, Dr. Drew. Big yeah. fan, big fan. Adam loved Road Hard. Uh, bought it, uh, sat down, watched it, made my wife watch it. Love it as much as any Albert Brooks movie. Ooh, wow. Ooh. High praise. Did your, wife, it, did your wife enjoy it? My wife loved it, and her parting comment was a very, very sweet movie as well. Oh. Beyond all the jokes. Oh. Beyond... Beyond all the jokes. He wasn't Adam, I've, sweet, I've heard you talk about surgery in the past and how you were hanging doors a day later. I'm trying to get my mind ready for upcoming shoulder surgery. 13 hours the later, only... but yes, technically the following day. Mm-hmm. The only thing yeah. I can compare it to uh, that I went through was my vasectomy five years ago when the guy said, you'll be fine in two days. And two weeks later, it looked like they forced me to play goalie in the NHL All-Star game with with my hands tied behind my back and my testicular region repeatedly pounded. So, wow, you paint pictures. Any advice words. going into shoulder surgery? And I know, <laughs> like you've mentioned, it's you know me thinking of the now now versus the future now, and this is all very easy and very normal. And right, yeah, yeah, yeah. slow down here. Slow so, down. Here, here's the thing. Hold on a second, Drew. Every, I've said it many times. Everybody reacts differently to pain. You and I, and not react. just pain, but to surgery. You and I react yeah. very differently yeah. to the exact same procedure. Yeah. I'm not – I it, for me, I try to explain to people, even though I am technically a hero, this is not intestinal fortitude that got me out of the bed the next day and some sort of John no. Wayne-based no, grit. you just could. I woke up and you I went, fine. I feel fine. Yeah. And Lynette said, where are you going? You just got surgery. And I said, I'll, I feel fine. And by the way, if I don't feel fine, I'll stop doing what I'm doing. My yeah. body will tell me to stop yeah. if, in fact, I need to stop. But until then, because yeah. I feel fine, I'm going right. to move I, on. On the other hand, was having violent rigors and couldn't move and couldn't even sit up. And it was a mess. And by the way, I'm thinking, after having my prostate surgery, that my main reaction is to anesthesia. Mm-hmm. I react lightweight. really very passionate, lightweight, lightweight. passionate mm-hmm. but lightweight. Mm-hmm. And I, I swear to Christ, it took me six months to come back from anesthesia. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, well, fuck you! It was not fun. <laughs> Such a so, so our puss friend Greg might have a similar thing. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, also, Greg is building this thing up. Yeah, to such well, an extent. No, I think he's saying he's not. He's like pushing it away. It's, it's no, no. But he's it. saying when I had my last oh, right, surgery, right, right, this right. is what happened, yeah. and this is how I react, and now I'm very much concerned about it. Go, I, I, I it's it's going to be difficult because people react differently, and the thing is, there is a physiological component to this, but there's also a psychological component to it. There's a component, All right. component. I wish and. Well, I wish it were more psychological. Uh, well, <laughs> you are probably a little more in touch than most. Right, okay. But for a lot of people, yeah. there's a physiological thing. Yeah. What I'm saying, uh, sorry, psychological. Yeah. I woke up the next morning and knew I had surgery, knew everyone's told me to lay in bed for two days. That was fine. But I also knew that I felt completely fine, and I did not let my psychological override my physiological. My physiological felt fine. Yeah. So I just got up and went to work. Yeah. And I also trust things, which is I know uh, doctors tell everyone to stay in bed for two days. Why do they give a fuck? You know what I mean? If you're a professional skateboarder and you get a fracture of your of your pelvis or your forearm or whatever, the doctor will tell you no more skateboarding. Okay, no more doctoring. 
You know what I mean? This is how I make my living. No, but, I, but I, there's I, a I, certain – oh, I mean, no more for good. Yeah. yeah I mean, sometimes yeah. they'll just go, stay off the skateboard. Yeah, it's yeah. like, listen, yeah. I, that's like I can't stay home from yeah. work for right. six months. Right. I have to go back. I have to get up. I have to do things, yeah. you know. Right. In their mind, play it safe. Yeah. So what they do is, well, this doesn't affect Adam Carolla. It does affect Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew affected for two weeks. Adam Carolla affected for 10 minutes. Let's, I'll meet you in the middle. Stay in bed for a week. Yeah. That's what they tell everybody. Yeah. You listen to your body. Yeah. Welcome back to the Adam and Dr. Drew Show Classics. Up next is episode 246, which aired on June 13th, 2015. Adam and Drew have serious host and author Jude Angelini, a.k.a. Rude Jude. You know, Rude Jude from the Jenny Jones show. He used to come on there all the time and act a fool. Well, he came on the show and he never disappoints. They talk about Jude's feud with Chet Hanks. You know, the son of Tom Hanks with that crazy Jamaican accent he does and all that stuff. It's hilarious the way this broke down. Take a listen. But I want to hear. I would like yes. to hear the interview a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that caused all the controversy. Well, it looks like which you, interview? You asked the, that, Chet but, Hayes. Yeah, yeah. Can I say something? Yeah. Gary got up and left. By the way, yeah. so don't like, bug him until yeah. he gets back. Right. I have a problem with people having a problem with Chet Hayes saying nigga. Well, that's what I wanted to bring up because that that's where a lot of the controversy is spinning. They sort of yeah. missed the part that you had to deal with and went, this is a white dude using the N-word so liberally and he feels like entitled to because it's a, he claims it is his cultural privilege. Well, so what do you say? It's generational, first off. Like people like me, uh, born in the 70s, it's still it was still a, a weird thing. It was still very, very much like, you know, it, it was mostly black people said it. But if you go to the hood, man, you see Mexicans saying that shit. You see Puerto Ricans saying that shit. You see Asians saying that shit. You see Arabs saying that shit. So it's kind of like it's a little mu- – your rules are a little muddy. Second, Ma- Malibu? Uh, I, you know, the hood not, of Malibu. Not so much, huh? But, but it, that's the thing. It's like you can't pick and choose who gets to use the fucking word. If you've been selling this word for the last 40 years through your culture, you're selling me your clothes. You're selling me your language. You're selling me what you drink. But you can do everything but not that word. Well, like NWA, you know, one of the biggest yeah, groups it's, out it's there. It's a do what, you, do what I say, not as I do type thing. And I, I don't feel like you can you have get, it do, both. Do your, your, African, your black friends argue with you about this or they agree with you about it? it I don't. I mean, it, some people agree. Some people don't. But like. I agree with Rude Jude in this sense, that if you're going to grow up on a steady diet of this culture and it's being fed to you and you're, cons- no, I, I, and you're consuming it and, and you're it. buying it, I mean, no, what you're doing I, I is you're, 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 you're consuming it and they're selling it to you, then that's part of your thing, whatever your, your skin color is. Like, I don't say it. I don't use it in my vernacular. I don't shy away from it in a quote uh, because... Yo, if I if I write something, I want you to quote me properly. I don't want you to fucking not quote me properly. Right. So I out of respect for whoever wrote that thing, I I I well, use but, the word. I mean, but to be fair, if you're reading it, uh, you know, something with a shit or a fuck on television, you're gonna you're gonna have to edit it. You know. Yeah, this and, is true. And, this is true. But like, if we're not in TV, then like, I, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm being intentionally argumentative. But but but. I just feel like it rubs people book. the wrong way. I know. Well, yeah. No, 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 no. Here's, but here's what I've been saying for a million years. Nobody gives a fuck if Chet. What's his last name? <laughs> Chet Hayes says oh. nigger. No, really, oh. no, people truly don't. Chet Hayes. Yes. Is that what he goes by? Yes. Yeah. Uh. People, people really don't give a shit. I mean, day to day. 
Not you, not your kids, not yeah. your wife. Yeah. We have to pretend like we give a shit. Yeah, we just don't. But like we don't him. really give a shit. At, at the end of the day, it's a rich kid. It's a it's a rich son of a rich guy who's using a word that we've announced is wrong because it makes us feel better about ourselves. And at the end of the day, it's not going to change anything or make a difference. And we get into these stupid debates. And yes, Drew, you have to roll your eyes because you'd be, you'd be off the fucking air if we didn't spend our lives arguing over nonsense. <laughs> and think about it like this. Like, you, could, you are not allowed to say a word because years. of your race. Well, Isn't that racist? Yes. Yes. Oh, I agree. Listen, is. I'm not disagreeing with your argument. I, I'm just saying that we live in a time where the people that you're putting us in that time it, where people we they, don't they, have to there's a convention now right but it's turning maybe there's a convention now where people in a minority group lay claims to language e- even like we, we i was giving you crap about transgender the other day and and now african-american you know, the people say you have to come to us to uh, we'll tell you how to use these words in right. this language and i'm just saying yeah, that's, that's the convention we live right. in but that's... let's get us still away with that because that in a way, is perpetrating this minority thing. It that is. You need special little treatment yeah. about this and if that. If you want to be equal, you can, you got to get the good and the bad equal. You don't get the fucking special privileges equal and then, like, uh, you, you can't I just agree. have... And here's the other thing. Think about it like this. Look, nigger, nigger is a bastardization of nigger. Like, this is... It went from racist white motherfuckers calling black people that and it's, it's used as a slur. They flipped it, and they're selling it back to those people's grandkids, man. I'd like, yo, you won. Walk away. Throw your hands up. You fucking won. You made these racist fucking redneck motherfuckers call each other the word you've been calling, that, they, that they've been calling them. Right. Like, you won the game. Dog. And made money off it. And you're <laughs> fucking making money yeah. off of yeah. it. Like, don't be butt hurt. Walk away. You won. I uh, no truer words were ever stated. Uh, we have a little of the interview, by the way, that uh, we spoke of from uh, Rude Jude and uh, Tom Hanks' son. You, you almost ain't making on the show. You, what were you doing out in the uh, lobby, man? What bro. was going on with you, man? First of all, the people, the security guard was flexing on me for no reason, man. <laughs> what was you doing, bro? I don't know. They, they must have thought I was like a motherfucking troublemaker. Or something. Was you, were you were just sitting there quietly, bro? I was sitting there quietly, minding my own business. Everyone was giving me the stink eye. Like I, I don't know. Like people was grilling me. Me and my man Cash right here. And then we go up to yeah. take a fucking picture in the little photo booth. Security guard tells me that I'm not allowed to do that. Yes. Okay. Then what? Well, you you're not. So then what happened? You're not allowed to do that. Is is that is that like you're not a celebrity? You you're not Tom Hanks. You you just came out of his dick, bro. Why you why you talking? You're not on the mic. Shut the fuck up and leave. How about that? That's when this guy tried to get that. No no no. Get the fuck going. All right. Yeah. That's right, guy. Yeah. That's right. Get the fuck going. Yeah, uh-huh. he yeah, he's over here yelling at me off mic, man. What did he say? Yeah. What did you say? Cash? I'm a tight ass, bro. Beat it. You yeah, say, okay, I'm a dick. Fucking bail. <laughs> Shit just got Thanks, man. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> oh, say why you walking. Thanks. Yeah, oh, now you're going to fight me. Okay, beat it. Man, All right. just got real. What's up with your boy, man? Bro, I don't even know what he said. He wasn't supposed to say nothing. That's the whole, that's the whole point. <laughs> Man, I'm over know. here to talk to you. I don't know yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Now, wait, is that, that, that the guy Beverly Hills that Jason that he's cruising with? No, no, it's my homie. Is he you scary guy? Friends, bro. Wow, he just he, fucking, he just looked like a frat boy. You know, cash, I, but sometimes cash. loyalty. Like, yeah. sometimes cats got to know when to be quiet. Man, I, I hear that. I hear that. All right, so you had some problems up front. Yeah. 
<laughs> you almost got kicked out. Trust. We had to come fucking get you. Right, we had to come right. get you from getting kicked out. Yeah. It's uncomfortable you. for me to listen to that. Yeah, listen. Why? Because it was a bad moment? or just? Yeah, I just don't. I, I wish I would have handled it better. Well, uh-huh. first off, it made, made for entertaining radio yes. and satellite radio. And secondly, that's good. I mean, it's a good it's a good gene to have, the part where you go, uh, I wish I would have done this differently or handled this better, even in the, in the face especially of praise. It's one thing when somebody demands an apology because you wrote an email that was really shitty that got leaked out to the whatever. Now you have to go up to the podium and say, <clears throat> I got a prepared statement in front of me that somebody else wrote. I wish I'd handled this differently. Most people understand that part because they're fighting for their jobs. But just saying it is uh, an interesting glimpse into your psyche because it's probably how you get out of a really shitty part of Detroit into having a book that's optioned by Mark Wahlberg. That the constant uh, self-reflection, evaluation, yeah, evaluation yeah. with the attempt at bettering. It's funny you say because I went home that day and I had an awful day. After that, I had an awful day. I couldn't get that off of my mind. I was like, God damn it, man. That shit went south. And then I get all this praise for it. I'm like, all right, man, <laughs> fucking whatever, man. Awesome. But, but also always, I mean, I mean, just to go on a little more globally here, you grew up in a, in a horrible circumstance. And you now are in a much better circumstance in, in, in terms of where you are in your life. And it comes up talking about the community that you come from and that uh, we're talking about formally with the N-words and whatnot, this notion of, well, here's where you're born and here's where you're going to die and you don't stand a chance. I hate that message. And what I want is the message that's sent, what could I do? How could I improve? What can I do better? I hate it when the politicians get up there and go, oh, you know, it's not a level playing field and the cops are out to get you and you don't stand a chance because of the color of your skin or whatever your last name is and or your religion or whatever it is or whoever your mom is or dad isn't. But anyway, moving on, you're stuck, you're screwed. Uh, don't worry, we'll fix it. But by the way, they never get around to fixing it. So I, you have something in you that said, I need to fix this myself. Yeah. It's, what is that? I just watched my, like, man, I, my old man is he, one of his, he's got a, he's got a lot of great things about him, man. Like, I'm half him, you know what I mean? Like, just like you're half your old man. You know, like, I'm half this motherfucker. <laughs> oh, shh, that's fighting words. It's going I, south now again. <laughs> but I've watched, I've watched him not take responsibility for his actions. And I've watched how that's, I've, I've watched him play the victim. But And when you're the victim, it, one, you don't have to take responsibility because this happened to me, but you're like a leaf floating down a river. You have no control of your life. I think I've said that before. <laughs> you're a poet, man. So, so it's like, yo, I, you have to, you have to, yeah, we, this is an unlevel playing field. Yeah, this motherfucker, like, has it better than you. You can't get away with the shit he's getting away with, but you can win. And if you can't win, then go fucking kill yourself, man. What are you here for? We'll be right back with more of the Adam and Dr. Drew Show Classics. And last up for today, we have episode 277 titled Private Jet Therapy, which aired on September 30th, 2015. Adam talks about the greatness of Howard Stern, and Drew breaks down his appearance on the show, and he shows a lot of love in this clip here. Check it out. 
How are you doing, Drewski? Holding up pretty good. Mm-hmm. Feeling good? Uh, enjoyed your Stern appearance? Mm, yeah. Remember yesterday you were on Stern? <laughs> it's hard to remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you listen to this, obviously it was earlier in the week, but uh, on Monday. But yes. Uh, yeah, people, I, I don't have too many bad, bad outings with Stern because what Stern does is he does his homework. He he researches things. They well, research the shit out of everything. Well, t- to so, be fair, somebody I does. Mean, yeah. Look, you know this this thing. It's it's the same thing that I would get. You know, when I would tell people, I built this studio. Oh, you built it. Yeah, with you, your hands. You, you built. It, so you did everything. You drove every nail. So you you sunk the drywall screws. Like, yeah. I have guys. We work together. I pay them. I, I I believe it's not a lie for me to say I built the studio. Absolutely. I never then preface it with I, every single fucking piece of uh, joint compound and, that, and spackle that went on the wall was applied by these loving hands. It's not that. No. It's just I design it and I do some of the work and then I have other people do the work. And the reason I say that, because I don't like to talk about myself, is I don't think that Stern watches every movie, reads every book, and does whatever. Right. He's... The Grand Poobah, yeah, and under his regime, they watch all of it. They, they yeah. do all the stuff, yeah, and it's a it's a top down thing. I just said to Gary, um, "Hi, Gary, uh, my Gary." Uh, Ten seconds ago, not Baba Booey. You know, we have a do- we had a documentarian come in last week. I said, "Where's the guy's DVD?" And everyone's like, "I don't know." I'm like, "Well, we need it. Go get it. Let's go. Let's go." It's, uh, yeah. What? Uh, what? What's that? I'm thinking. I am trying to implement these policies. Yeah. So the that, Stern-esque policies. Well, so yeah. that then when the guy comes in, literally, uh, either I will see it or someone else will see yeah. it and I'll have notes and then you'll ask questions. Now, I'm always amazed the depth and breadth of the research he has and that he's familiar with it. See, he knows exactly how to familiarize himself with enough of the stuff that he's got it ready to hand. You know what I'm saying? Listen. It's, I think it's phenomenal the way, I, he, the way he's, you know. Look, hey. I say it every fucking time. Every time I do one of these goddamn radio junkets, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. It's a bunch of uh, radio or TV junkets. It's the exact same thing. It's the guy who's in Market 371, and he's out there in New Mexico, and he's... I, you know, so when you, uh, what, what theater yet? And, and for me, it's 545 in the morning and I'm not sure what the name of the theater I'm at in New Mexico is, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, and I'm, I, I, I end up with this. Uh, we'll go to my website and you can, well, okay. So, and it's that Friday or Saturday. And, uh, now you did a documentary about a guy on the road. No, I did a Newman documentary and then the other thing's an independent. Oh, independent. When's that coming out? No, it's been out for four months. So what's that called? And I was like, this is how you stay in New Mexico. Right. You think the Stearns and the Kimmels and the whomevers don't do, oh, well, now this guy's on top. He doesn't do it. He can coast. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. no. Same prep. Same guy. Well, and Day and, in, day out. And to be fair, uh, sorry to, to, to burst your bubble, but if when he was prepping for the show yesterday, the day you were on. Um, it's impossible for true. To do the math. Yeah, when you were yes. pre- when you were prepping for the show, when he was prepping for the show the day you were on, uh, you were not his number one priority. Let's just say he had Cindy Crawford rolling in immediately after yeah. you, and trust me, that was where he paid his was focusing his attention. And yet he had a complete familiarity with all your stuff. 
Yes. Pretty amazing. Well, he has – he's yeah. assembled a crew and a protocol. Yeah. And he's a part of that. The yeah. crew, um, I'm imagining, pulls the stuff from the book, watches the doc, does the this, does the that. I hear it's Will mostly does a lot of the research. I don't know. I, hear, yeah. I don't know who all does. And then they hand him the stuff and then he sifts through it and probably highlights the stuff he wants. The same way with a late night show or anything else. Now, he has an interesting uh, position about podcasting that you affirmed, but but di- I didn't think put a fine enough point on it. Well, why don't you I will. reiterate? I his, his position on podcasting is nobody can nobody should do them. No one can make any money doing them. Nobody can get a real audience doing them, except you, <laughs> except Adam, <laughs> which he's always given a little out for you. Even then, even you, he's skeptical, is, is actually got a pirate ship afloat. Well, uh, can I say this, as long as we're talking about uh, Howard Stern? He lives in a world and always has where if he's not into it or doesn't know about it, it doesn't really exist. Mm. And we all are guilty of that to some degree. But even I, who didn't watch Breaking Bad, understand it's a phenomenon. In his mind, it doesn't really exist if he doesn't participate in it and or watch it. Yeah, yeah. So when you take a thing like Stern and, let's say, sports, complete disconnect. Just it's just complete, just not interested. And when he's not interested, it ain't there. Yeah. It's funny because I was talking, I was on the the ride, elevator ride down with uh, Ronnie, the limo driver, and... I said, Ronnie, you watch this Paul Newman racing doc because he's a big car guy. Uh. You're going to like it. I said, I don't. Stern likes Gotham. <laughs> he does. He likes comic yeah, he books. Comic books yeah. Oh, if you told him the new Star Wars trailers up on up on Vimeo, or he'd run. He'd run yeah. for the computer. But when it comes to cars or whatever, it's just a complete disconnect. This not interested. Yeah. And look, uh, we all have the stuff we're not interested in. I'd like to think I I could watch. The documentary King of Kong as a guy who hates video games and enjoy King of Kong because of the human yeah, component it's an interesting of it. story. Yeah. yeah. But for, for a lot of people, uh, so I told, uh, anyway, I told Ron, <laughs> you watch it and spread the good word around there. Because I, I get it. But here's, but what I'm saying is this. Um, in Howard's world, it's terrestrial radio or Sirius XM, whatever, and... The podcasting is what? And then it becomes like something they do, something that's huge in Tokyo. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you go, what? Oh, the kids. Oh, it's huge with the thing. And you go, really? Nah. So. That won't last. It it doesn't, because it's so far out of his world. Yeah. I think he does that thing where it doesn't exist. Now, probably should understand, like we understand, there's plenty of shit we don't know about, never heard of. There's. There's bands that my kids, that my daughter listens to that I've never fucking heard of, but right. I'll, I'll take their word for it. They're huge. Yeah, I understand. He never gets into that zone, into that, that world of sort of 22 and under uh, of the YouTube and the bands and all. He doesn't seem to like be aware of that. Well, I'm using I'm the sure band as an example. He, he's pl- There's plenty of youth-oriented stuff he's into that involves Spider-Man. Right, right, right. <laughs> And uh, green pajamas or whatever the fuck. I, I, I see. I don't. I'm the exact opposite. I have no interest in 
comic books, whatever, graphic novels, spider, any superhero, anything. It feels insane to me, but that's what he's interested in. But yeah, but what I'm saying is, is I understand that Spider-Man is good for 300 million bucks at the box office. Yeah. That part. I'm not going, but I understand. Somebody's into it. Somebody's into it. Yeah, so I think that's just his take on podcasting. He's probably he's probably been told that, well, look, I've had, every time I leave the show, one of his staffer underlings go, hey, I really liked yesterday's episode. So <laughs> they, they, listening. they listen. But uh, I always, it, the, the man is a pro. And that's, oh my God. that's that's the part. You know it. I know it. And that's, that's uh, the part of it. His interviewing has gone to like, I, I'm best, uh, on the record, best of all time. I mean, really. Larry yeah. King got nothing. Nothing. Any of those. I can't think of a 60. Ain't nobody. Nobody comes close well, to the interviewing he does. Maybe you. Maybe you're maybe sure. You, maybe. No, what, what it, what no, it because is. He, no, because it, I'll tell you why. All right. Then you, all you tell me, then I'll say. Go ahead. Why? Now I'm thinking you should go first. All right. I'll go first. Go ahead. It, it's. Research prep meets meets following instinct. He follow he and training, by the way, and his training has been his psychoanalysis. Well, yes, um, and and let's not forget repetition, it, doing it over time and developing. Like not repetition sometimes gets static. Well, no, Rep- no, he, yeah, yeah. He, he's been evolving it with repetition and growing. Well, he's it. he's better at sixty than he was at forty five. He, he's better now than he was two years ago. Well, there you go. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's what I'm saying. Okay, let me. Ooh, now now the real truth. Let I, spoken. <laughs> let King Adam tell you too. You yeah. brought up Larry King. Yeah, Larry King doesn't have a sense of humor or much of a personality. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Seacrest doesn't have. There's not much of him there. So he interviews, and they do a good job interviewing. But it's a. It's a two-way street. I mean, it's a sort of saying, well, this guy's a great interview, but the person who's interviewing needs, it's, I don't know, it's like sex. You can't just have one person. I'll be good at it. I'll be good enough for the both of us. Yeah. It's, it's not really going to turn out that good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you can have a very competent interview, but you can't really go those places unless the person who's doing the interview has a good sense of humor interesting intellect wants to pursue things psychologically and so on and so forth so it's not just the interview it's howard is sort of interviewing himself as he's interviewing paul mccartney Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's the part that gives it the extra all right that'll do it for this week thanks for listening to the adam and dr drew show classics remember to check back each week for new episodes and while you're at it don't forget to like subscribe and rate us five stars wherever you get your podcasts I've been your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. Thanks for tuning in. Deuces!